0: Come on down, listen to the pod. <laughs> the Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo and Sam Wilson.
1: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. I'm your host this week, Joe, and I'm joined as ever down the line by Sam Lewis. Hey
2: Joe, good to be here. And Matthew Burns-Peak. All right, Joey, great to be here. Uh, You've always got to one-up me. I mean, if you see the he's won, amazing stuff we've got to talk about, obviously it would be crazy Easy wins.
1: Honestly, there's been a lot. There's been so much that's happened. It's not like it's like the news has been absolutely... Uh, focused on one massive thing at the moment. Yeah, so
2: stick around for the whole show to make sure you catch all the um, insights that we've got for you. <laughs> but
1: obviously, uh, just get, get right into it. One massive thing happened uh, this last week in that Julio Jones has been traded for a second rounder and a fourth rounder to the Tennessee Titans. Just, what, what? have you guys?
2: What? <laughs> I'm more shocked we're not leading with the actual headline of Chad Ochocinco. We'll sort of get to thing. that. We'll get to some that.
0: Backs in. He did some backsing. He did some backsing. Julio um, Jones. though.
1: Julio Jones to the Tennessee Times. What? Wh- how do you? What do you think this means for Tennessee?
0: I mean, I think it means Tennessee got an absolute freaking steal. Like, I yeah. don't, you, you get one of the best receivers in the game for absolutely for t- only slightly more expensive than Josh Rosen was. Like,
1: hey, they had to give up a seven.
0: I mean, it was, it's, I don't understand how Tennessee have managed to do the deal to be and how, I mean, you've got to presume that that must have been the best offer then, right? If, if that's yeah. what they've ended up with.
2: Apparently they're the only team that are actually sort of seriously interested in making a trade. The Patriots and Seattle sort of weren't interested in taking on the lump sum of his contract for yeah, the well, ages the now. Opening. And the Ravens, who were interested before the draft, sort of, I mean, I know they're not Julio Jones, but they address the issue with Sammy Watkins and Rashard Bateman and, in the draft. Yeah, and Tylen Williams. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you can see why they'd be reluctant to give up too much. Yeah, at I, this that's stage, kind of, given that they've already sort of gone. I for felt it. like that when when we were rumored
1: to be like in the driver's seat for him. I was like, well, we've kind of already addressed it. It is weird,
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of teams are in that position as well. Like there were quite a few teams that have already got their receiver core set, but. I mean, I was surprised, and I know Jane Ramsey's tweeted about it as well, that a team like the Rams didn't try and be more aggressive in getting Julio, um, especially with how... Do you think they want to lose a first and
2: second-round pick? Maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, the Rams are so um, top-heavy, talent-wise, you've got to question if they really have the funds for it. I mean, I know Atlanta ended up taking a bit of dead cap on this hit, but still, 15 million against the... Rams cap space especially how much they're swallowing on that Jared Goff contract they ain't a small swallowing. number yeah and the Rams already have two pretty great receivers to be fair that fit their system yeah but not really that dead. Julio Jones Julio Jones would definitely utter- be an upgrade isn't so. utterly like sort of scheme proof because he's an elite player and if he's healthy he's still a top five player in the league but just mm-hmm. call him it's not a- it's not a
0: pressing need for them at the moment yeah Yeah. Exactly. yeah I'm surprised if there was sort of a foregone conclusion that it was going to end up with the Falcons having to trade Julio Jones. I'm really shocked that they didn't try and do it more aggressively before the draft uh, because, as we said, quite a lot of those teams that could have been looking for receivers targeted receivers quite early on in the yeah. draft, and it meant that there wasn't as much of a trade market because it just seems wrong that a player of Julio Jones's talent um, goes for a second and a fourth. like That, that just seems bizarre to me.
2: To be fair, it's about the same as what DeAndre Hopkins went for, and we all slayed yeah. that move. And Hopkins is, what, five years younger? But yeah,
1: they could be looking at just his age, how many years are left, and how much he's getting in those years, and just looking at it and saying, it doesn't really make sense to take on that contract right now, rather than... I'm sure if he was at the beginning of a, a more team-friendly contract, then maybe it would be a bit more enticing. But uh, a second...
2: I don't even know if it's the contract itself necessarily but like you said the age is like we we spoke all through like pre-draft season how stacked that class was at receiver like yeah. do you want to give up a first round pick when you can then take a receiver who you would assume will be going into his prime over the next five years whereas with julio what you got maybe probably two or three top years if you're lucky given his injury history in the last couple no, of seasons his
1: injury season his injury his History last season, though it's, he's not missed
2: that many consistent games. It's, over length is great. Yeah, yeah. Him, the though. injury thing uh, is so. He just like, seems such to be a... sort of nick. He's one of the, He sort of just seems like a little bit nicked up over the last few years. Not as like he's had one big injury. Last year was the first where he sort of missed like a clump of time. Mm.
1: Yeah, but he's also still one of the more productive receivers in the NFL, and he's playing on a, a Falcons team as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was I was just thinking this is probably why you're not getting a bigger trade offer than what you got from Tennessee. Yeah. Not that I wouldn't want him on my team because obviously he's still Julio Jones. I'm surprised that sort of Green Bay didn't make a move for that like a one season thing. It's like right, let's go all in on this last season of Aaron Rodgers, which it sort of looks By like it's it, going to be. That's I'm the way you get surprised. Aaron Rodgers back I'm in the building. At all, I know, but there's like right, let's go all in. Let's try and win a Super Bowl now with Rodgers because we don't he's basically expendable to the packers after this season somehow which is seems ridiculous to say but based yeah. on what he's contracted. contract so i know it just it just seems another weird move from green packers, Bay.
1: packers bit. senior management would never let that happen i don't think to be honest gunter Kuntz doesn't have the doesn't have the balls I don't, for that i sort honestly of don't think oh, big offensive gonna, splash yeah he's not going to give up a even a second and a fourth for a, a receiver when he doesn't even spend on receivers early on in the draft ever so yeah, every other team yeah. managed to address it in the draft pretty much. My bold take is that I'm liking uh, the odds on Brian Tannehill as a potential MVP next year. He's always had good no. seasons recently. Now you're looking at AJ Brown and Julio on the same team
2: with Derek Henry as well. Well, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think Ryan Tannehill probably will have a really good year because, I mean, the big one of the questions with the Titans thing is they lose Corey Davis. So what do you do? You go and replace him with Julio Jones. I mean, that's an automatic upgrade for this season anyway, when exactly. they uh, they bring Josh Reynolds on. And a lot of the time they only go two wide receiver. But I think if this Titans team is really good, it'll probably be Derek Henry that wins the MVP. Yeah, because he is the cornerstone of that offense. I don't know. It just
1: depends how what how many yards um are going to go julio's way now that he's in the building as well
0: Mm. like that'll be interesting to see because they'll have to change a lot about that offense i think to to, if you're going to fully utilize the fact that you've got julio jones on the outside then you 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 have to to but you have to balance it
2: i don't know if you do have to balance it do we not remember what kyle shanahan did with julio jones i think it actually sort of because you've it means you're going to get a, he is a lot a good, more one on one good play action, deep threat. Either him or AJ Brown, you're going to get one on ones because you can move them around. You're going to get that them, one true. of them in the slot. And at some point, defense are going to have to sell out, sell out to stop that running game. Because if they don't, with, the Titans have shown that they're willing to run the ball until you stop yeah. it. The yeah. question is we've got no idea what their offensive play calling is going to be like because they lost their OC actually to Atlanta. That and is the, true. Yeah. The guy that took over, I actually cannot remember his name because he was tight ends coach before. Mm. So, I mean, I know the only tight ends coach we actually know the name of is Dan Campbell. So,
1: he's a boy. He was, yeah. I, mean,
2: a I, mean, coach. I mean, Arthur Smith was also a tight ends coach, but Smith. So, it, uh, Todd Downing apparently is his name. Which, I mean, maybe he'll he'll have a similar philosophy to what Arthur Smith did because he's come from within that organization. So, you would yeah. expect it to keep on that sort of scheme, but. I mean, the the fact is, he hasn't called plays in the NFL before. Yeah. Oh, actually, sorry, he did. He oh. was apparently offensive coordinator in twenty seventeen with Jack Del Rio and the Oakland Raiders.
1: That's not too bad. They were okay. Was I that think the year that Derek Carr had a
2: really good season?
0: Yeah. That's what I was trying to remember. I think it was.
1: I it is, swear, was the year where he got paid quite a lot. dollars' That's up. when he became like one of the highest paid QBs at the time.
0: It's around then. I do kind of miss that one year of sick Derek Carr. He's play. been
2: good last year. Man. No, I mean,
0: yeah, but he was sick that year, and then he bust his leg, and he's been okay since. He's a good. Yeah, he was
2: all right last year. He's he's, he's a, a good. Quarterback. He's a good. He's not great. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's good, not a great. Quarterback. Okay, that's what I'm saying.
0: All right. The biggest yeah. issue I have with the Titans is good, though, not to great. Op- but that year, he was great.
2: Yeah, yeah, he he was great, and they one year greatness. and like Joe said, got paid for it, but. Can Ryan Tannehill really win the MVP of the Titans? How good do they have to be, really? Because I don't look at that defense and championship tending with that defense. Are you they crazy? To...
1: Yeah, why not? You crazy? You are offenses. crazy. If they can get to a point where they're scoring enough, that it doesn't matter as much. We see a lot with with like really talented offenses. Obviously, it's putting quite a lot on. You know the new OC.
0: Offenses win games, defenses win championships. That's why Joe. they're not winning
1: the AFC Championship. They are getting out then. But I would say, I mean, did the MVP win the NFC Championship last year? Hell no. Does Ryan Tannehill have to get to the Super Bowl to and win the Super Bowl to be the MVP? No.
2: Wasn't it voted on before the playoffs anyway?
1: Yeah,
0: that is true. But also, I think Ryan Tannehill has to play better than some other quarterbacks that are significantly more talented than him as well. And in, you know... Yeah, I'm saying it's a dark horse candidate. I'm
1: not saying he's the favourite, but I'm saying he's a good dark horse candidate.
0: Yeah. What I will say, though, to be fair, from a a Tennessee point of view, is it it will be interesting to see now what they're like when they have have to come from behind. Because typically, we've seen with that style of offence, that sort of run first... Um, if you it, it sort of collapses in itself when you go down early and have to try and play catch up now, with the fact they do have AJ Brown and Julio Jones, they they in theory have the capacity to be able to deal with that a lot more. So that'll be interesting to see, like I said, with the new play caller slew, how that will come to fruition and if they will be able to come from behind a lot more easily in those situations,
2: yeah. That's fair. I mean, I don't think Tennessee have actually sort of been that bad as a passing offense, even even without Julio Jones. Because look at last year, AJ Brown's breakout and Corey Davis had a breakout year himself, ended up getting paid to go to New York. So the the thing is, undoubtedly, this is a huge upgrade for their receiving core. I'm not sure it actually changes the way I necessarily look at the Titans overall in terms of contendership. I don't know about that. I don't know. Mm. I mean, there's, there's, the weakness is still the right side of the offensive line. I mean, you got Taylor yeah. Lewan back and left tackle, which is it, who's a great player. But the right side of the offensive was line... was out all last year, right? Um, he went down like sort of midway through-ish. With, yeah, but yeah, he, he missed a significant chunk. But like Kendall Lamb and Nate Davis are not really starter level players. Like they're good backups to have, but I'm, you wouldn't yeah. really want... You don't feel overly confident. With them starting, it's
1: weird how an offensive line can go from one of the strongest in football to relatively weak. Quite well, they soon. lost Jack Conklin like, on the other Jack side, Conklin, didn't they? Like, yeah, I know. As soon as they lost Jack Conklin, it's just kind of deteriorating,
2: doesn't
0: mm. it? You lose one or two players from that unit, and I, I don't think they've got a bad
2: defensive line. I just don't think they have an exceptionally strong one. Like Roger Southard and Taylor One yeah, are good players. Ben Jones is pretty decent.
1: No, Taylor One is is very good. Yeah, like I
2: really like Taylor One. But, I mean, we have we spoke, like, I don't know. I just don't look at this team and go, you know what? I'm 100% they're going to get 12 wins and a first week bye. I
1: don't know. I just look at Derek Henry and all the plays he makes, especially late late (laughs) in the season and going into the playoffs. It tends to be a a different story with Derek Henry. Um, And then now you've just got a different option on that play action, deep route. Catcher of the ball who is very good at it, Julio Jones. It's very yeah. good at everything.
0: So good at everything. And yeah.
1: Yeah, they just have like I could see it happening. I, I just wouldn't be surprised if it happened, you know.
0: I don't think I think you're right though, slew I don't think it changes too much about what the ceiling is for this Tigers teams. I mean, I think I've probably fancied them to win the AFC South anyway. Mm. I think that m- this kind of just sort of confirms that for me. I don't see them as a team that's going to go super far in the playoffs. Still though,
2: that's what I mean. It doesn't it change it doesn't change my regular season outlook. I still think they're a good team. But when I say I don't think it changes it, I would still be shocked if they made it like if they made it to the Super Bowl. That would blow yeah. me away, and it would be a huge overachievement for the rest of this squad. Yeah. And that's when you're looking at Julio Jones and people sort of overreact on Twitter and it's like, yeah, it's a fantastic move. You're getting an awesome player, but does it really elevate you into contendership? And yeah. unfortunately, I don't think it necessarily does. Hell you get no. eleven Julio Joneses. Imagine, just
1: imagine? Yeah, yeah of Julio
2: Joneses. Eleven Julio Joneses, that'd be sick.
1: And they're all playing defense as well.
0: Would he be the My best God. player to have eleven of? Well, I mean pfft. whoa quite potentially um I'd quite like a 11 Jalen Ramseys.
1: maybe 11 Quentin Nelsons Nils- you you'd yeah. get destroyed on yeah, D- it would, in the it would air
0: yeah, that is
2: true <laughs> you would just have to control the clock and run for 3 yard gains every you time because i'm oh sending
1: God. anyone in coverage
2: well oh, then they're definitely gonna get <laughs> my god. No, you're not setting them man on man, they're just lining up 40 <laughs> yards back. It's like right, you could throw up. I'm today. gonna
1: set I'm gonna set yeah. three of them in each gap on the defensive line. With... Wow. Um fair enough. But so... Very much, much not break. <laughs> in, in another <laughs> just coming off of that for a sec, what do you guys think about the outlook for Atlanta after this uh, after this
2: trade? I think they're gonna regret it now if Justin Fields becomes a good quarterback yeah yeah, yeah. I mean they're clearly now rebuilding I um, Matt Ryan what has a couple of seasons left and they really had an opportunity to go get it I mean to be fair that goes for Matt Jones as well but I don't know we, we've all had this conversation we don't see Matt Jones the same sort of I necessarily it, yeah. as Justin Fields do and yeah there are issues with Justin Fields game but the fact is that they've got they're sort of cleansing the uh, the roster of these veteran players on big contracts. Mm. Very this much rebuilding now. Is this sort of a waste of Matt Ryan's what tenure with the Falcons? Like, why would Matt Ryan want to be there? I mean, other, obviously, other other than making huge swathes of money, which I imagine <laughs> is pretty convincing. Been, be in yeah, terms of must finishing be his career, a millionaire. Yeah, he's already a millionaire, isn't he? I mean, Calvin Ridley is basically in a hugely well, advantageous bargaining position now for when his contract's up because yeah. oh yeah, he's the leading yeah, guy now. And I don't think they'll be able to afford him, especially with get Ryan's contract hit next season as well as this one. But yeah. Can't they get rid of it next season? Matt Ryan? Yeah. I think he's still got a dead cap hit because I thought he restructured. But I may mm-hmm. be I imagining so, yeah. that. Let, I mean, me try, let me get out for yeah. you uh and they can get they can get out with 40 million dead caps so uh, i mean technically oh, yeah nice. they can get out of it is that all the per spot track so they've got a little potential out 2022 40 million dead caps it's like i mean you mm, save 8 million on Ryan, that Ryan. Yeah. but that's what i mean they're in a little bit of a cap issue now
1: or maybe maybe they just kind of Come to accept it and have gone. You know, let's not take a chance on a young QB. Let's just ride it away, ride it out, start a rebuild with an old QB, and then draft one.
2: I'll well, tell next you what. year? I mean, especially given how hyped this QB class was. So we—it's sort yeah, of little, true. You'd expect them to take a swing. I don't know. There's always like—I mean, Kyle Pitts is generational. On the other side, well, to be I fair, was gonna, I
0: was gonna—I was gonna say about Kyle Pitts. I'll tell you what, Kyle Pitts better learn fast, otherwise. I mean, I think he's going to have now a considerably more difficult rookie year than he was in for when they had Julio on the roster as well, because now he is Pinchier. the only threat you need to worry about on that offense, if we're being honest. Calvin Ridley's good as a number two receiver. I think we've Ridley's- seen.
2: Mm, i think that's harsh
0: i think he was pretty great last year even yeah, when yeah. yeah but i'm saying he was great when he was number two right he, uh, I, 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 don't, I don't see calvin ridley as somebody who can be that ex receiver he had
2: 1300 um, yards and nine touchdowns last year but that was without julio on the field for half the season
1: and on on the um on the pit comment as well like austin we're only like two years removed from austin hooper leading Tight ends in uh, touchdowns and receptions. True, so you uh, can
2: move Pitt around a little bit more and still have Austin as a prototypical kind of tight end. Sorry, I stole your word of prototypical there. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) absolutely fine, mate. Don't don't. Yeah, I mean, I
0: I I think Calvin Ridley will have another good season. I think Carl Pitts, for the record, will also have a good season. I just think it would have been a lot easier for him to be able to see favorable matchups and be able to sort of craft his game in a more sort of a slightly easier environment if they still has Julio on the roster. I think now we're going to see the fact that, that Kyle Pitts is going to get a lot more attention from double teams, bracket, bracket combos, or just man-to-man coverage with better corners or, or safeties because there isn't the threat of Julio Jones there as well.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think to be honest, I think they've just embraced the rebuild. Um, and Julio those, wanted out
2: as well. Exactly. Which is, after you know, after those, those comments
1: live part. on TV and everything. He told he, Shannon he wanted out. Yeah. Which I still think is completely messed up that that actually got aired. But at the same time, like after it? that it happened. could do anything about it. Exactly. Mm but he didn't mention that it was live when he was speaking. Yeah, that was him. a little bit That was a yeah.
2: bit of a house removed. I mean, he definitely Sharp. knew. They run that every day, and you hear... No. Do, do we actually think that Shannon St- Sharp hangs out with Skip Bayless as soon as the cameras go? No, he's definitely out of that building.
1: <laughs> I don't... No, I'm just saying, like, it's messed up. He didn't say this is a live conversation. At the yeah, moment.
0: like, Julio Jones's world doesn't revolve around whether Shannon yeah. Sharp is uh, live on TV ha- Shannon or not. Sharp know could that.
1: have had his number just to, like, text him and stuff a lot of the players and ex-players like speak and stuff as well he called him his oh. uncle exactly yeah i mean so,
0: they're definitely i'm, I'm not they're, they're definitely close i'm just saying I, I think shannon sharp knew what he was doing yeah and knew knew that julio wouldn't necessarily be sure if he's on live tv or not and, and i mean to be fair it was also kind of done by julio to not like
1: but it's not the first heck. thing you always think about
0: yeah, that's yeah, fair yeah. enough. That's it's true. not
1: the first thing that will come to your head if someone brings you like on your phone as well.
0: Um, it wasn't um, in the morning as well. It's probably kind of sleepy.
2: It, yeah, that that you is You know, Julio is one of those guys that's getting up at five to grind. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, then he's sleepy from grinding. You know, he'd be grinding. He'd be grinding. He'd be grinding. Joe, how good do you think that Titans offense though has to be for for them to like actually be contenders with the defense that they have? and is it sort of really possible i think it
1: yeah i think it is possible i think just with the the run game and the play action game they can now build around it which they were pretty bloody good at anyway they they can be really good i genuinely think they they can kind of make up for what has come to their defense uh over these last few years what's yeah, they they've lost a lot of guys and um they've just been playing a sub part compared to like when they made the AFC Championship a few years ago. So their their offense has to do a lot more, but I think the addition of Julio Jones adds another dimension that we've just haven't seen from the Titans, to be honest. They've never been like a super exciting team to watch through the air. Um some good stuff happens, yeah, but it's but now with you know AJ Brown on one side and Julio on another. It's going to be something else, I think. So, one to look forward to. hmm For sure. Bloody Chad Johnson, of all people, who I, I only figured Johnson. out was fighting on this bloody Mayweather versus Logan Paul fight the night of, basically. Did not realise he was fighting. He fought <laughs> fi- Brian Maxwell, a bare-knuckle boxer with, and an ex-MMA fighter, in a boxing match. You
2: would have thought time. this would be advertised... A bit more widely, seeing so, how high profile Chad Johnson is. Hey, I knew this was happening. I'm
0: not, I don't live under a fucking rock like you. When did you find out though? It was on Instagram. When? Quite a lot during last week. All right. If you'd asked me, if you'd asked me, I would have told you.
2: Maybe I missed it.
1: Maybe I'm just not as addicted to social media. Speaking
2: of which followers. Are any NFL previous players fighting this week, Matt? Or.
0: Uh, in a ring, their or like with they in a, with their demons, or it could be more specific. I mean, the ones
2: of demons a bit is a bit dark for pay per view. I'm gonna be honest. That would be that would be quite
0: dark. Watch this athlete struggling well, with alcohol abuse.
1: <laughs> Chad Johnson. Back back to the fight, lads. uh Chad Johnson managed to. He didn't even look that bad. If you if you watch the fight at all, um for someone considering his he opponent had. He did get he clarted. Did get he got absolutely boom-baclarted in the fourth round. Um, <laughs> ended up with a knockdown. He got up and just acted so funny Monchalade. about it. Like He just kept like trying to fist bump the guy who just knocked him down. Um, so I think he was just chatting absolute shit throughout the entire fight, which is very funny
0: and what you'd imagine Chad Johnson would do. That also sounds like the fastest case of Stockholm Syndrome there's ever been.
2: Yeah. Bang. Oh, hi. Hey, nice to meet you, mate. Oh, oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a good guy, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for that, buddy. Um, no, he quit quick feet, he just couldn't punch. Yeah, it's
1: but he didn't look bad considering his competition was someone with fight experience. Yeah, and big big
2: O-1 fight experience. Punching's tough, man.
1: Fighting is fighting, mate. Um, so yeah, he didn't look overall bad other than that getting absolutely clotted, but uh any he, he did mention on Twitter just afterwards that he's ready for McGregor, so we're looking forward to that. We um,
2: said that straight after the fight as well in the interview. That's that's basically the first thing he said. Is like yeah, that as was if fun. He won the I'm fight. ready for McGregor now. <laughs> yeah, did he lose? By the way, I mean it was technically an exhibition, so it was no no judges, no, judges, no oh, result. This means lockdowns are legal. But yeah, he, he lost because he basically didn't land anything. And he got and, and got punched in the face, loads. No, to, to be fair, it's only like one big hit that hit him. because so, he, I don't know, like I said, reasonably fast feet, I should expect from Chad Johnson. But mm. it seemed that yeah. like he did it more just for the experience than anything else. Because he's actually done some mad shit. If you look through his history, like skydiving, like riding on bulls at the rodeo and that yeah, sort of stuff. Just but, for, yeah, just he's a pretty bad cool guy.
1: I don't understand why anyone, like an ex NFL player of all people, should go in and get purposely brain
2: damaged (laughs) do you know what i mean i don't think he purposely went for the brain damage i think he just i think if you you
1: go into a a octagon or a ring or whatever and you aren't understanding that you might seriously get like fucking hurt then you know a lot of like um this is what happened with who's that nba guy who fought jake paul nate Nate Robinson. robinson yeah yeah, so Nate, Nate Robinson had the same thing. He just came out of retirement from boxing and uh, from basketball, threw boxing gloves on, and then uh, got really hurt. And um, sh- shocked when he wasn't good at it. you got to be a I don't, want, I don't like this trend. Money, I, don't, I don't like this trend of
0: like ex athletes going in. It looks it. pretty Mickey Mouse on boxing when you get like fucking nobodies who yeah. are just like, oh, I think I'm pretty good at this. It's As like, no, to be these fair, people train for years, but you
2: can then tell the difference when, like, the next fight on the card was two actual boxers. It's like, yeah. oh, so that's
0: what it's supposed to look like. They're exactly. supposed to be able to move and throw a punch. I get that's it why, now. Yeah, that's why I think it was so, like, ridiculous. Yeah. That, the whole thing was quite ridiculous. The fact that, was, I mean, we're not a fucking boxing podcast, we never will be, but the Floyd Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul was the most it was the so, biggest piece of baloney I've ever seen. In
1: my I life. can't believe people paid money for that. that is, a robbery. That's robbery. terrible yeah it looked like floyd came into that literally like he didn't really train at all because yeah, his, why would you, didn't obviously his yeah. defense was amazing and logan paul couldn't hit him for shit. Uh, but there were so many openings if you actually watch the fight on logan paul and it's like mayweather of old would have actually like when he's it, down like yeah. next to him and his ribs are completely open hit him with a body shot or something this guy just fucking walks, stands up, doesn't punch him at all when in like positions where he's completely exposed.
0: Joe, I've got a, I've got a conspiracy theory for you here. What? That that fight was literally just rigged to end like that. And and definitely I think, I think Floyd, Floyd Mayweather wasn't, wasn't tried to knock him out.
1: I think Floyd definitely um, tried to long it out because it looks better.
0: Yeah, and he he didn't try. He wasn't interested in trying to knock Logan Paul out. He, he I no, know, he hit them.
1: him with a good hook that you know
0: um, i'm telling you dude that fight was meant to last eight rounds and they were both meant to meant to be conscious after the fight
2: there's no win really there for mayweather because if he beats if he what n- knocks exactly. him out it's like well done you knocked you were out supposed to, exactly. a youtuber that lost a ksi in the past there's no really the honor fact like that. that he didn't knock him out is almost even worse yeah because he could clearly didn't care that's what I mean. He it's, just not, it's not like he didn't knock him out while, try, while swinging at him. He just
0: wasn't mm. bothered. Watch now Jake that, that,
2: Paul fight. That,
0: I was going to say, that dude is fighting like Jake Paul, that's a different story. I think Jake Paul might might die in that ring.
1: Yeah, Tyron Woodley might actually murder Jake Paul. Um, but also Tyron Woodley is very old and has recently not looked very good in any of his, of his fights. However, they were against actual UFC This is what I mean. Like, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, is Ben Askren not a UFC fighter anymore? He's not a UFC
1: striker, which I said, not fighter.
2: Still got to get hit. Ben Askren did not strike in
1: his whole MMA. Still got to have a chin.
2: Speaking of which, did Ben Askren just throw that fight after the first hit joke? Do you reckon? No, no. I
1: genuinely think Ben Askren sticks his chin out and doesn't actually know how, how, basic striking defenses work and you don't a boxing camp where you have three months to learn just isn't enough time to get you get his like wrestling mind out of his because that's like the wrestling stance that's why his chin was out and he did get knocked down got back up um and then they called off the fight and he thought you know what fuck it i'm not going to complain that much i just made 500 grand um easy money i just got paid more than i'll ever get paid before so why does it matter and that's probably what happened with this fight as well. Like, hell yeah, Mayweather doesn't give a shit. Like, he made a hundred million. Like, he doesn't care.
0: You don't care. To so, I mean, to bring this back to NFL, what uh, NFL dudes would GP most scared of facing in facing a boxing ring? Aaron Donald. Hell yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. Imagine Aaron Donald against Miles Garrett. Chairs and ladders match. We go WWE.
2: I think Miles Garrett might actually take that because he's probably got. Like a significant reach advantage Have there. you
1: seen no how way, strong WWE? Aaron
2: Donald yeah. is? Yeah, I, yeah, saying, I know, but he's still got to reach him, doesn't he? Have you seen the strength of Aaron Donald, though? Uh, and right, he, can, he can dodge plastic knives, to be
0: fair. So you we know, can know he can do ball some ball serious away. damage in a boxing ring. Aaron how Donald is a scary ring, strong. How about, how about we, we take it into WWE and pretend that it's real? And it's like chairs and ladders match. Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett. One, doubt- two men enter, one man leaves.
1: I might go for like a luchador, like Alvin Kamara or
2: something. Yeah, I was trying to think. Of, I <laughs> yeah. was trying to think of someone that would be flippy, but sort of settled on Tyler Lockett. And I
0: don't think he's thick enough. Oh, God. Alvin
1: Kamara would be very elusive and do all the
2: the flippy shit. I reckon. That's what I'm trying of of Christian, Christian
0: McCaffrey maybe. Oh nah, yeah,
2: Christian McCaffrey's. I mean, I know he's got shoulders now, but he's he's slighter he, than Alvin Kamara. He's, he's actually
1: shoulders. a proper muscle hamster right now, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. He's juiced up.
0: Uh, is
2: juiced he juiced up? up? Is he juiced up? All uh, right. Well, on that beautiful note. Well, about... Joe, there, there is actually more NFL news. No,
1: there isn't. Yes, there actually is. You're
2: lying. You no,
1: can't. I am not. Breaking news? Is this breaking
2: news? Um, Breaking earlier today. Wow. So so this is badly organized news. <laughs> yeah, not not only is Jawan James seeking 15 million um, in grievances from the Denver Broncos, he's also found himself a new team and a 9 million two-year deal. Nice.
0: Which team is it?
2: What it team? is the Baltimore Ravens.
0: Oh damn! Wot my fucking eyes! I don't believe it. Yeah.
2: So he still has to pass his physical, but it's not going to include. <laughs> it's not going to include the current injury. Oh okay. so, Adam Schefter doesn't expect any issues, and if Adam Schefter doesn't expect any issues, I'm ready to announce it is bloody done. It's done. Is he going to play right tackle then? He might play right tackle. He'll probably yeah be right tackle. He'll be right tackle for you like next season, won't he? Because it like he yeah, was gonna say, Achilles. He's not making this this. Yeah, season. let's get him walking first, Joe. Then we'll yeah. see what position he plays, buddy.
0: Fair but
2: enough. good good for him for getting some money after being cut by the Denver Broncos. Because yeah, you know you, what, on, James, that was bang out of order. What they did
0: for him, yeah. bang out of order.
1: Is he going to c- continue to press charges? Yeah, he's going to continue
0: yeah. to seek grievances as as million, he should, as he the should to the tune yeah. of fifty million, which he so rightly deserves.
2: So if it goes all right for him over the next two years, he could be coming up with a cool twenty-four mil which i don't chew on that, money, that. yeah pretty tasty
0: I hope he has an all pro year next year
2: yeah and he's a good player as That'll well, good.
1: well he's had a few injury concerns but i'm i'm happy you know, i'm happy we signed him it kind of makes sense to the extent that our right tackle situation isn't the best right now
2: well i um, would struggle to see villanueva being more than a one-year kind of situation for you yeah
1: yeah, I mean, he's a
2: temporary solution for
0: sure. I still think that signing was kind of weird. It's kind of, it kind of gives me Carlos Tevez to Man City vibes, if I'm honest. <laughs> <That>
2: <laughs> how, long is ruptured, how long does a ruptured Achilles take to heal? Could James be involved by this back half of the season, or is that unlikely, unlikely to say the least? It depends when he, I don't know, man. When did he rupture his Achilles? It
0: Both my Achilles remain right. I unruptured to present date, so right. touch wood. Uh, this so,
1: April, I don't know, man. Um, then, in which case, I don't think he'll be fine. He might get <laughs> he might get the last so the last few weeks. Maybe if we go get into the playoffs or something. Yeah, but I don't think at that point it's even worth it.
0: Going on other players that have had Achilles injuries recently, I think it's usually like a, a, it's usually a year year it's, ender. Yeah,
1: it's not one you want to rush back as well in case. Yeah, otherwise, if it, it goes there's... again. Yeah, if it goes again, then you, you've you just rushed him back to, to basically waste his contract, because that's a is, two-year contract. Apparently, like, yeah. it
2: is a nine-month recovery time from the date, but 26% do not ever return to play in the NFL. So, I mean, you've got Damn. to well, wish Juwan James all the best. The very best. All the best luck there.
0: Yeah. He's a raven now. We, we treat him good. I swear, like, the like Achilles snapping your Achilles is meant to be, like, the most painful injury you can do on a sports field. Yeah, uh,
2: I think I've heard that before. Maybe. I think yeah, at the, the moment pain. of impact you talk about.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like initially, like the, the pain is intense.
2: It's also really loud.
0: Oh, really? I've never heard it. I'm, Make- I'm pretty, pretty glad S- Slew,
1: can you do it into the mic just so we can hear?
0: You
2: want it? me to snap my Achilles into the <laughs>
0: yeah. mic? We've well, got we,
1: a
2: belt. With it? <laughs> we need to. Now, see. Mate, I've, I've got football season coming up. I'm not wasting that just on You've one little soundbite. God, Joe, he's yeah, got you're, not, you're not doing season. nothing. We'll put it, it on take, Instagram TV. It'll hit. go great. You take the hit, mate. Do it for the followers, Slew. It's the Steve. followers, man. Yeah, hey, I use Christ. my Achilles. Joe, what you do with your Achilles? Uh, other no, than I've got Plantar
1: mid... fasciitis, mate. I can't. You, you walk. rush mid podcast well, to go
2: get your kernel delivery. So also, Joe, don't be casting your
1: spells need to in know here, that. my friend. What do what do you out of plantar fasciitis?
0: <laughs> He's done it again. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and something behind Joe just itself. turns into like a like plan or something. I think the spell that brings the show to the end to the to be honest. Yeah, it's think... <laughs> the spell.
1: You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Drop Back. You can listen to us and uh, read our articles on thedropback.com or .co.uk.
2: I've been your host, Joe. I've been Sam. Also, remember to check out our live stream on Thursdays
0: at 7.30. Hell oh, yeah. And I've been Matt, and they've pretty much covered everything. <laughs> See you later. Peace. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo and Stan Wilson. the uh, the my bucket for one.